We're going to read from the Bible together now, and we're going to turn to the Psalms. Our Psalm this morning is Psalm 139. Uh, Last week we thought about Psalm 46 together, and this morning we're going to think about Psalm 139. Uh, You'll find it on pages 521 over into 522 of the Pew Bibles. Uh, The title of the psalm is Search Me, O God, and Know My Heart. And then there's a little subtitle which says, To the Choir Master, A Psalm of David. So just like Psalm 46, this psalm was to be used as the Lord's people worshipped God. And as we come to read it this morning, we come and bow our hearts in worship as well. So Psalm 139, we're going to read the entire psalm together. It's pages 521 over into 522 of the Pew Bibles. And this is God's word to us. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I rise when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me, that they speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them as my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us this morning. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 139. Uh, You'll find it on pages 521 over into 522 of the Pew Bibles. And as you're turning that psalm up, let's pray briefly for a moment together. Father, we thank you again for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for his beautiful name 
and for the power in his name and for the power in his word. And we pray that as we look at Jesus' word together now, we pray that you would be present with us by your spirit, that you would guide our thoughts and that you would help us to focus and to turn to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we're, we're turning to the Psalms again together. I'm going to think about Psalm 139. As I said last week, we're pausing our series on Exodus until the new year. And we're taking a couple of weeks just to think through a couple of Psalms. Last week we looked at Psalm 46 and saw that it's a Psalm that tells us not to be afraid, but to put our confidence in God. And we teased what that meant through our three points. Don't be afraid, even though everything is changing. Don't be afraid even though the church looks weak. And don't be afraid even though evil seems to be winning. This week we're turning our attention to Psalm 139. It's a psalm of David, as we've already highlighted in our reading earlier. And it's an intensely personal and emotional psalm. We're going to explore that personal and emotional aspect of it a little later on. But for now, let me start in this way by asking a few questions. What, what, what do you have going for you when everything is against you? What will not fail you when what you thought was true and solid and real collapses beneath you? Who will stand by you when friends forsake you and enemies seize their opportunity? What works when everything is on the line but nothing else is working? That, that experience, those experiences that we're we're hinting at there are inevitable. We, we, we don't have to go looking for them. They'll come and find us. God himself has written those experiences into our stories. But when we go through difficult times, we're forced to ask the basic question, what can I count on when I can't count on anything else? What can I count on when I can't count on anything else? Psalm 139 is where to go for the answer. The context and background of this psalm is that David finds himself in a catastrophic place. He's going through some very difficult times. And as he walks through the valley, so to speak, he digs all the way to the deepest foundations of his very existence. And what he found is he dug, what he found, the unchanging bedrock to be, is revealed to us in Psalm 139. Last week we came up with a sentence to summarize Psalm 46. Here's a sentence that might summarize Psalm 139. God is really powerful and knows us inside out. God is really powerful and knows us inside out. That's the unchanging bedrock that David hit as he dug deep into his soul. This well-known Psalm has some well-known verses, verses that are insta-worthy. It is Verses that we share on our news feeds and emblazon on our walls. It's a psalm that contains some deep and dense theology, but it also contains some, some life-changing, life-altering wisdom and perspective. So Psalm 139 speaks to both our head and our hearts. It's strongly theological in that it deals with crucial doctrines like God's omniscience, how he knows everything, God's omnipotence, how he is all-powerful, and God's omnipresence of how he is everywhere. But it is deeply hands-on and, and beautifully personal because it speaks of who God is in practical terms. If we ask the question, 
But what can I count on when I can't count on anything else? The answer Psalm 139 gives us is, God is really powerful and he knows us inside out. We've got three points again this morning and they're going to help us break this psalm down. You'll notice in the heading that the psalm is specifically dedicated to the choir master. It's a psalm that was used for worship in the temple and that means that it should push us to worship as well. As we think through these points, let's pray that the Lord would speak to us and help us bow in reverence and in awe at who he is. Psalm 139 tells us that God is really powerful and knows us inside out. And as we break this psalm down, we see, first of all, God's intimate knowledge of us. Secondly, God's unbreakable presence with us. And thirdly, God's creative wisdom in shaping us. Let's think about that first point together. God's intimate knowledge of us. And as we do that, let's read verses one to six again. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. God's knowledge dominates the opening section of the psalm. The the words searched, known, know, discern, are acquainted with, know and and such knowledge set the theme for us. This psalm gives us the doctrine of God's omniscience. It provides us with the truth that God knows all things. The individual words help us to see the theme of this psalm and the, the word pairs highlight it for us too. God knows when we sit down or when we rise. He knows when we travel and settle down. He knows our words before we speak them. And he knows our thoughts before we think them. God has an intimate knowledge of us. He he is omniscient. Let me give you a a couple of really helpful quotes. The first is from A.W. Pink. He, He has said that God knows everything, everything possible, everything actual, all events, all creatures of the past, the present and the future, He never errs, never changes, never overlooks anything. The second quote is from A.W. Tozer. He expands what Pink says by adding negatives. He has said that God has never learned from anyone. God cannot learn. He never discovers anything. He is never surprised, never amazed. He never wonders about anything. God has an intimate knowledge of us. The tone of the psalm is wonder and adoration. David is amazed at who God is as he runs over in his mind God's intimate knowledge of him. And as we consider this eternal truth, there are really two main strands of application for us. The first, is, the first strand is, is one of deep comfort. D- deep comfort because if we know God, if we have trusted in Jesus, then this is the God who is with us. This is the God we have by our side when everything is against us. This is the God we have when all that is true and solid and real collapses beneath us. This is the God we can count on when we can't count on anything else. He knows what time we'll get up in the morning. He knows what we'll be doing next week. He knows where we'll be a year from now. He is an intimate knowledge of us and we can rest and find comfort in that knowledge. 
the, the other strand of application is a bit more challenging, particularly if you're not a Christian. The perfection of God's knowledge is disturbing. At least it should be. If you only think that God knows things about other people, then you haven't properly understood who he is. He, he knows everything about us. A helpful yet flawed way to think about this is to think about CCD, CCTV cameras or something similar. One person has said that God is like a master detective who, who looks into every detail of our existence armed with x-ray cameras and laser probes. It's flawed because God doesn't need any of those things because he sees everything and knows everything, but it's a, it's a way of helping our finite, limited minds to understand his unrivaled knowledge of us. For someone who doesn't know Jesus, for somebody who isn't a Christian, God's powerful, pervasive, intimate knowledge seems intrusive and, and frightening, and with good reason. God is the end-time judge before whom we will one day stand. But, but even now, he, he knows where you stand before him. He knows the extent and depth of your sin. He knows all about your rebellion, your, your rejection of him. Notably, though, the response of David is not fear. He doesn't tremble as he thinks of God's omniscience. Instead, he shelters himself in God's knowledge and marvels in it. And that's the difference between someone who knows God, who loves Jesus, and then someone who doesn't know God and who doesn't love Jesus. If you know the Lord, his intimate knowledge of you will comfort you. It's great medicine for the soul. But if you don't know the Lord... His intimate knowledge of you will unsettle you. It'll make you uncomfortable. It'll make you uneasy. Which is it for you this morning? Are you comforted or are you unsettled? The difference between someone who knows God and in someone who doesn't know God is, is highlighted even more in the second part of the psalm through our second point. We're told of God's intimate knowledge of us and then we're told of God's unbreakable presence with us. Let's read verses 7 to 12. David writes, Where shall I go from your presence? Your, where shall I go from your spirit? Or, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. Psalm 139 tells us about God's omniscience and his omnipresence, how he is everywhere. God is fully present in each and every place and at each and every moment of time. But these verses are not, not specifically about that truth. Verses 7 to 12 speak about a personal presence. David writes or sings of, of God's spirit who is, who is his personal presence. David is not simply saying that he, he cannot find any place in the universe where God is not. He's saying that he cannot find any place in the universe where God is not with him. Suppose, David says, just suppose I were to try and, and run away from the God who has an intimate knowledge of me. What, what would happen? Well, in verses seven, 8 to 10, he takes two pairs of extremes to highlight the extent of his mental experiment. In verse 8, he imagines going up as high as it is possible to go. If I ascend to heaven, 
And then he imagines going down, down, down to Sheol, to, to the depths. Just imagine if I was to try and run away from God and either go as high as possible or as low as possible. Well, what would happen to me? His answer is, however high or low I go, you will be there with me. And then in verses 9 and 10, David says, suppose I go to the very far east, if I take the wings of the morning, if I go to the, to the eastern horizon where the sun rises, or, or if I go to the very far west, the uttermost parts of the sea, or anywhere in between, what, what, what will happen then? The very same thing. Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. So this is not just about God being there. It's about God being there for him, being personally present to hold and guard him. In verses 11 and 12, David meditates on this comforting truth. Sometimes he, he feels himself in darkness and fears that he will be hidden in darkness with no more hope of light. That's a fearful anxiety. But, but wonderfully, even in the deepest darkness, the God who is light, the God who shines like the day, will be there. No, no darkness can overcome the God who is life and light. And it's this God whose unbreakable presence is with us. It's the same as before. That's deeply comforting, but also really challenging. What, what if you've never come face to face with God and Jesus Christ and trusted in him? Do, do, do you really think that you can escape from the omnipresent God? Verses 7 to 12 of this psalm prompted a man called Francis Thompson to write a poem called The Hound of Heaven. It's a poem of how Thompson tried unsuccessfully to hide from God. Here's part of the poem. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him and under running laughter. Up visaed hopes I sped and shot precipitated adown titanic glooms of chasm fears from those strong feet that followed, followed after. To Thompson fled from God, but he couldn't escape, escape him because, because God always followed him. Followed, followed after. Are you running? Are you fleeing down the nights, down the days? You need to stop running because running is futile. Instead of running from God, you should run to him. You should trust him. He has an intimate knowledge of us and his unbreakable presence is with us. There's a third thing for us to see in this psalm. It's God's creative wisdom in shaping us. Let's read verses 13 to 16. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. These verses are, are full of creative words, formed, knitted, made your works, made intricately woven, unformed substance, the days that were formed for me. There's a precious general truth here. It's that God knits together each and every human being in his image from conception. We're going to be reminded of that 
in a really special way in a few moments through the baptism. These verses are precious to us as Christians because they set us apart from our modern culture, which has sadly opened the door to the horror of abortion. We believe in the sanctity of life. We believe that God knits together each and every human being in his image from conception. This part of scripture puts it plainly for us. There's a lot more that we could say about that, but it probably wasn't the original point of the psalm. The focus is on God and of how he creatively shapes us and puts us together. David, guided by the Spirit of God, paints a a beautiful picture of God's knowledge, presence, and wisdom. He knows that God's care for him is so deep and thorough that that every step he takes, every, every word he speaks, is fully known by the Lord, who has numbered all of his days before they even began. Indeed, his days began as, as God formed him while he was yet in his mother's womb. His very inward parts and every aspect of his life have been designed by God himself. No matter where David may travel, far or wide, he knows that the Lord is always with him, that God always knows the situations he's in. What can I count on when I can't count on anything else? What can you count on? when you can't count on anything else. That this is who God is. That he has an intimate knowledge of me, of you. That his unbreakable presence is with me, with you. That he used his creative wisdom in shaping me, in shaping you. Psalm 46 tells us not to be afraid, but to put our confidence in God. And Psalm 139 tells us that God is really powerful and knows us inside out. He's amazing. He, he really is. To those of you who love him and know him, know that. To those of you who don't, well, you're missing out. We, we need to mention the ending of this psalm. It's a little bit awkward. Uh, Lynn and I had this psalm read at our wedding, and it struck me this week, as it did on our wedding day, that the ending of this psalm is a bit a bit sharp, it's a bit harsh, it's a bit unexpected. Uh, David cries out to God to slay the wicked, to, to slay his enemies. He talks about how he hates them with complete hatred. Well, what's he talking about and why did he write that? Well, the key is what comes before and after verses 19 to 22. In verse 17, he says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! And then in verses 23 and 24, he finishes the psalm by saying, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Having spoken so tenderly and so personally about the Lord, David wraps up this psalm by saying that he just wants God to be honoured. He wants nothing to do with evil or evil people. He wants to continue to walk and grow in God's ways. The psalm is bookended by David using the, the word search. Oh Lord, you've, you've searched me and you know me. Oh, search me, O oh God, and, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. In other words, he's saying, Lord, Lord, you know me inside out. You know that I trust you, but you also know that sometimes I mess up. Help me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Help me to align my heart to yours. That's a good prayer to pray if you're a believer. Because our hearts wander. They wander very easily. 
But this psalm, just like Psalm 46 last week, reorientates us. It reminds us of God's intimate knowledge of us, God's unbreakable presence with us, and God's creative wisdom in shaping us. What can I count on? What can you count on when we can't count on anything else? That God is really powerful and knows us inside out. The ultimate evidence of that is our Savior, the Lord Jesus. He was wonderfully shaped within the virgin womb of Mary, and, and cell by cell, a fully human man was formed who was yet fully divine. His knitting together was the, was the greatest miracle in the whole of human history. Jesus of Nazareth was shaped and, and knitted together, preparing, prepared lovingly by the Father the incarnate Son of God, who would do the Father's will in, in every way, every day and every night of the life of Jesus, every day and night he was on earth, was written in the Father's book before it came to be. Even that terrible yet beautiful first Good Friday. Psalm 139 tells us about God's knowledge, presence and wisdom of us and with us. But it also points us to Jesus. The Word made flesh, God in our midst, the one whose days were numbered so that we might have unnumbered days in eternity. If you're not a Christian this morning, what, what is it that you're counting on? What are you counting on to get by in this life? What, what are you counting on to, to, to get you out of meeting God? What are you counting on to get you through that inevitable meeting? You can't run from him. You can't escape him. And that's not saying that he's an angry old man in the sky who's chasing you with his walking stick. That's, that's not who God is. He's much more powerful than that. Whether you know it or not, he knows you intimately. He's everywhere all the time. And he has created you. And if you're running from him, then he calls you his enemy. But through Jesus, through what Jesus has done on the cross, he offers out the hand of friendship. God is, is really powerful and knows you and me inside out. And he sent Jesus to save us. Are you going to continue to run from him? Are you going to continue to try and escape him? You need to be still. You need to stop and think through the implications of that. And having done that, you need to see that it's the wisest thing in all the world to trust in Jesus and to honor him for the rest of your days. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this deeply personal psalm. We thank you for your intimate knowledge of us, your unbreakable presence with us, your creative wisdom in shaping us. We praise you for who you are and for how we can turn to you at any time and know that you're with us. We thank you for Jesus, for how his days were numbered so that we might have unnumbered days forever with him. We pray that we would run to him at this time, that we would rest in him and know that he is with us. Continue with us through the rest of our service, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.